you guys been getting into this whole cold plunge thing or uh, no i've not nick's been uh, pushing the cold plunges on oh me. is nick into cold plunges oh he's not necessarily um like really like true to the form of like actually going plunging and running back to a warmer environment but like just taking cold showers just the overall kind of stimulation of that he's i've definitely been, been uh, i mean i've been make, making fun of it but i can't lie i've been it's easy myself, to make like, fun of but yeah. but yeah it's like when i like go to if i'm taking a shower before work and i feel like i need to like kick start myself for yeah. wake up a little 30 second blast of, oh yeah if you get one you get a little something going before the, co- the actual caffeine starts flowing like that's yeah that hot. and fasting seem to be like the two big oh, trends yeah. right now Specifically, those are the trends we talk about on the show. Plunging, Um, cold water plunges, more specifically, uh, caffeine and uh, fasting. Fasting, audio ecstasy. Back at it again. Uh, Today we're here to talk the new uh, record from Eve Tumor, Hot Between Worlds. I don't really feel like saying the whole thing, or simply Hot Between Worlds. That's the record. Let's go. Uh, We're joined today by my younger brother Quinn. Quinn, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to be with you all in the Audio XC compound. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you, being a first-time guest on the podcast. Absolutely. Um, Now, this is something that I feel like I've Go can, I, can I throw a quick interruption? Yeah, yeah, How well do you, do you feel like you going into this no I was answers? literally just about to say that. Like, <laughs> I'm curious. Like I, I've can you whisper them ideas. to me? Can you whisper? Do you know? I should have. No, I don't know. I should. I text should me. Uh, text me. Text you because I've got like a long, a pretty, a lot, much longer list of things that like I know that like I uh, turned Quinn onto at some point, like while he was in elementary school or middle school or whatever. We, but what's, like, what's the age gap here? Let me get a little. Seven years. Seven, seven years. Yeah, okay. Seven years, okay. So, like, there's definitely, like, quite a few things that I know that, like, I turn on to. And, like, honestly, I've got three younger brothers. Quinn's the youngest of my brothers. Mm-hmm. We had Grant down here during the Lil Wayne, uh, Summer Wayne That's series. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. First uh, miniseries that we did on here. And I uh, I think of all my brothers, Quinn's the one that probably has the most similar music taste to myself and the one that I've, like, had the most success with, like, turning uh, on yeah. new music. So. The most success. Um, yeah, the brothers have all been experimenting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the most success stories have, uh, have come out uh, just as I was Quinn, too. <laughs> yeah. But as far as this, though, I, I, I definitely can't say with certainty. I've, I've Please. There really is. It. I mean, there's nobody else on planet Earth really that knows about my music taste more than you, probably. So yeah, that's I, that, that's uh, but, uh, understandable. But yeah, so the, the first question being, uh, uh, do you feel like you have a good sense of who the uh, first artist or record that you kind of went out of your way to seek out yourself? Went out of my way to seek out myself. Like originally, the question yeah. was like buying a CD, but I guess like maybe if you were like downloading Depends music, on, like, or, yeah, like, your generation. Like, like if you went out and like bought a CD or like you know had like a friend that had something you're like oh what's that i want to listen to that and just like kind of went out of your way to just bring something into your orbit if you downloaded something you know whatever it was that wasn't just like thrust upon you by some other figure in your life yeah i mean definitely like myself i think the one of the last biggest ones that just sticks out to me clearly um probably back in 2016 summer of 2016 2017 i love how i remember the date that's great uh, but Rodriguez probably. Yes. Whoa. Okay. Rodriguez. Interesting. Yeah. A little local yeah. flair. A little local love. Because yeah. that was okay. just uh, that. That definitely was Sugar my entire Man. summer. That, yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was actually the very first song I'd ever heard of him, and then um, immediately checked out both of because he only has those those two records, those two albums, and so I just I just listened to both of those immediately and just really fell in love hard. Had like you really seen that hard. documentary, The Searching for Sugarman? Is that, that what put you to, onto yeah. him, or was it you were into him and then watched that? I. Definitely, I listen to his music without any inclination of the story behind him at all or anything like that. You know, any of what was like super crazy about any of that. Um, I love the music first, and then I and then we all checked out the documentary together, actually. And that's what kind of yeah, led to that one. That's a cool one. That's a one I would never expect for someone for like a first artist to like. Yeah, definitely a little unusual for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, still to this day. 
Pierre Ubu was my first. <laughs> we uh, also ended up seeing uh, Rodriguez open for uh, Brian Wilson. Like during the, like 2016, yeah. Was that I the believe. show I saw too? Because I don't think I saw them. No, that I believe that because when the one that you saw, I think was them doing Pet Sounds through. Yes, and it was and still that, was that same band. It wasn't again not technically the Beach Boys. It was like Brian Wilson's band, the Beach which Boys had family, Al, Al Jardine. Yes, yeah. well, the the broader family of like, the kind of the orbit around like specifically Brian Wilson, and Al Jardine. Like, yeah. like to my knowledge, um, it, well, it's we know Mike Love, and then I think um, who is the uh, other uh, member that joined later on. Oh, the bass player, uh, Bruce Johnson. Johnson. I believe yeah. he also had been playing in that. Like, the band that had the Beach Boys name with, uh, like, Love. But, yeah, the, the same band, though, that you saw yeah. as well. It was still a yeah. year or so later. Um, but, yeah, that uh, – and then I was going to say, like, I, Danny got me pretty into the Beach Boys in college. I got Quinn into the Beach Boys, and it's just a beautiful thing that keeps on giving and giving yeah, and giving. really. That actually was my first concert ever. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. pretty, like, so wild. Like, Rodriguez opening for Brian Wilson. So cool. Yeah. That's another reason why that, that act and, like, you know, both of those guys are just so, so huge. Yeah, and what a, I mean, Brian Wilson, too, what a presence live. What a force. Oh, what man. a, it gets you, <laughs> what an introduction to live music and the, and the, and the really liberating possibilities. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Raises some eyebrows. It gives you some, like, question my ideas of what, like, live music really kind of means. So weird that, like, Bruce Springsteen and Brian Wilson are, like, I mean, they're not the same age, but like they're like sort of near the same age of what they're both doing. There's like a like a not not necessarily the same generation, but not very far, far removed. Apart. Like, yeah, like, like like their their kids could go to school in the same like, grade. Like yeah, yeah, yeah like, totally. Did you see Bruce when when he was in Detroit? I didn't see him this past time, um, but I saw him when he did the River tour. He was doing oh, like okay. for a few years. He was doing like. Every time an album would have like a big anniversary and he would put out like a new deluxe of it, he right. would tour that album and then he'd do one set of the album and then another set of just like hits. And it was like best show, definitely like a top five show of my life for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, we, we, I, honestly, I was aware that you had seen him, but I don't remember really talking to you much about that. I'm surprised we didn't really kind of compare notes a little bit yeah. after my experience with it. But was yeah. it like, so, so I'm sure the same sort of thing, like two and a half, three hours. Oh, like, yeah. Because my... like the river's obviously a long record, but no matter what he was going to be touring, it's going to be an, an enormous show. And like, yeah, okay, it leans heavy on that. He could have played that whole thing through and then gone and like played a separate set of hits, really. Like, if it was pretty much that, I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me. My dad loves joking about how my mom said uh, they were nearing the end of the first set. And he said, like, all right, we got one more song. It was, like, the last song of The River, which is a double album. So he's already yeah. doing, like, a long first set. So wait, that, was that what it was? It was just the yeah, whole thing through? the whole thing through. Okay, all I didn't the way through the okay, double album yeah, of The River. Yeah, he was touring that, but I wouldn't necessarily – okay. Cool, yeah, and then so my dad was, like – or she said – Bruce said this is going to be the last song. And then my mom was, like, well, should, should we start getting ready? And my dad was, like, well, there's a whole fucking other set. Like, sit back, <laughs> relax. You can be, we got Thunder Road coming. We got Jungle <laughs> Land. You think we're leaving after <laughs> Thunder Road? You, you got, got nothing coming. You think I'm not getting to Badlands tonight, Mary? And then I just remember so like turning funny. around and seeing my dad air drumming, which was really cool. I'd never really seen my dad do that. It's and he was like going, like pounding air drumming. Oh, it was cool. So yes. good. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so next part of this, Quinn. Yes. Um do you feel like <clears throat> you have a good sense of any uh, artists who have been sort of the last uh, the last artist that you feel like you've really kind of made a deep dive on who mo had more of like an impact that was greater than just kind of a passing interest who you really felt like you wanted to make kind of make the rounds on and see live and you know, have been excited about what they're gonna do next? Yeah, absolutely. Um 
Well, I guess one answer I have to this question. I can't really see what they do next. But um, over the pandemic, I definitely got into Jeff Buckley a little bit. Oh, oh cool. Okay, okay interesting. Right yeah, so, again, like the, obviously, the, what they're going to do next thing, it's just like yeah, how kind little, of yeah, – But, like, right. of course, like, we, we've never really talked Buckley, so that's that's cool to hear. I, I had no idea that you uh, – Bringing some dude with acoustic guitar energy to the pod, and I've been missing that on <laughs> this, this show. This, this, all right? Yeah. This is something that Danny strayed this far is, from in his life in a lot of different ways. But and I it's, love it. It's like my home base. Yeah, that is kind of – just like bread and butter hits a little to too close to home a lot of times. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, sure. I lived in that, that phase over the <laughs> pandemic for sure when I was just in my room listening to music. Random question, and yeah. I don't think these two are ever like pitted against each other. I don't know why I'm thinking about it like this, but preference between Buckley and Elliot Smith. Any? That's that's a great question. Wow. Um, there's I don't still, know Jeff Buckley's work well. I don't um, either. Yeah. There's still so much more of Elliot Smith I think I really need to go back and do the rounds on. But that's that's actually another great answer to that question because that's very similar. Um Probably Elliot Smith. Probably yeah. if I had to. Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I extremely can't, Elliot Smith. I, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just oh, love I love all the, all that music. But yeah. So Jeff Buckley. Okay, what got you on the Buckley train? Because actually, I I heard his his dad's music first. Tim Tim, Tim Buckley. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I actually looked up the whole you know situation with that family and stuff like that. And then that led me to Jeff and Jeff's music, and. Um, yeah, I just I was totally absorbed into that whole world for like <laughs> like a month. Yeah, at a time. Yeah, deep I was, in. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, is it all? Like I, said, story, I, I don't know him too well. Is it all pretty much him alone on acoustic guitar, or is there like full band stuff with some of it, or like? I there I, I, not just not just him. Definitely not as much as uh, like Elliot Smith's is is kind of just just like him. There's there's uh, like a lot of there's a lot happening in, okay. in that music. But um, okay. vocally, def- uh, vocally, I think it is just him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a, I, t- Dylan. You ever get into Tim Buckley? I feel like that would be sort of up your. No, I honestly alley. like both Tim and Joe Buckley. I really are like pretty big blind spots to me still like i've heard a couple songs from each of theirs throughout the years but like i don't know their music well at all and i, th- I think i would enjoy uh, both the work respective honestly but like i yeah it just hasn't happened yet See, tim buckley's i think is really cool because like uh, the way he like started is just like a basic kind of like boomer rock blues rock like his first album my dad had and it's like a very like blues rock just mm-hmm. like sort of like joe cockery kind of thing but then like the way he it is the 70s go on he becomes like a like jazz fusion kind of like really weird experimental hmm. music like never really Lorca, guessed that Lorca, it's so out huh. there it's like <clears throat> like yeah i don't know it's like what else could i describe do you think it reminds you of like nick drake at all i don't know his stuff crazy well i remember Lorca specifically and i remember feeling like that was just like it reminds me of like what i am I don't know, like, like Scott Walker or, like, just, like, weird, abstract, like, yeah, like, jazz fusion. I don't know, like, Bitches Brew, kind of, like, there's a lot of, like, dissonance and just, like, weird, weird, I don't know. Yeah, I'm doing a horrible job of describing it, but, like, out there avant-garde shit, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you brought up Scott Walker, and I think that's, like, I, that, from the stuff that, that, like, you're just kind of describing sounds fairly apt. I, I, yeah, like, that's something that does, I mean, I'm probably going to check out a lot of that stuff as well, and he's... Uh, Scott Walker and again somebody else that I'm thinking is probably influenced on all these dudes uh, Roy Orbison is kind of oh, another Roy. figure that like I feel like I'd, Roy I Roy the wanna, boy 
yeah, make some rounds with. A we need to have well. our Wilburys phase. We should. To we, travel we, with Wilburys. Yeah, that's you, our after Madonna. We'll do have, the two well, Wilburys albums. I was, was going to ask do you, have you, yeah, if you listen to Wilburys, because yeah, it's a qu- quick uh, pivot, uh, little short mini series before we actually do the next one. We're just going to we'll just do the, the two traveling with yeah, one episode. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, just one long one round table on the Wilburys. I think there's no better time in my life to get into them because it's like such corny music, but like I feel like I want something really low stakes right now, and like I would get that out of them just like great like 70s 60s 50s artists doing like really kind of corny shit in the 80s together like Ugh. we should get the studio lounge boys back for that let's go that would be yes. an appropriate yes. another round table talk, type episode pick our willberry each at the end hell yeah that's oh my god find a quiz online <laughs> oh <my laughs> boys I brought, I brought a quiz to the table yeah, who's your willberry we can do this in real yeah. time on my are you lefty? Are you, I like that they all took names too. It's like Lefty Wilbury and like that's not George Harrison. That's Lucky Wilbury. <laughs> Me and my three other friends did that Beatles recently where we all found a quiz online and did it to see which Beatle you are. Yeah, Who'd you, and, who were you? I was Paul. That's a good. That's hey. That's healthy. Hey, that's, 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 that's a healthy thing, man. The description cut too deep. I had to. I had to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really that, that informs our dynamic now as a group. So have you guys seen uh, that? It's changed for, for the better, for the worse. Have you guys seen that meme going around about? It's just or it's not a meme. It's just like a screenshot of a quote from uh, Noel Gallagher or Liam Gallagher. Oh, Someone God. interviewed him about like, have you run into Paul McCartney since you said he's like too nice of a person that like annoys you how nice he is? And he said, yeah, I actually saw him recently, and he. He said, like, he offered me a margarita. And I told him, like, no, I'm good, mate. I just ate. Thank you so much. And then Paul said, it's a drink, you fucking idiot. Like, uh, you know, was, so I was like, did you fall and like twisting it? I was like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah. I uh, heard you said. Paul, yeah, Paul yeah, here's I, I, all of it. Going. Oh, all right, man. all right. So, oh, back to the business. Let's let's yeah. get back. Let's get back on track here. I need to know first and foremost, Dylan, talk to me. What have you been jamming on? Um. As I'm sure you can imagine, a lot of uh, more contemporary releases, uh, some things that I'll be discussing, I'm sure, later on this episode. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to get too into it right now. Uh, this rapper, Ice Cold Mysterious. Bishop. Mysterious. Well, I just said the name. I, yeah, I'm not going to go too deep on it, but Ice Cold Bishop, this rapper out of LA, I've been really digging on. Uh, okay. It's got this record called Generational Curse that came out uh, like a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, running that back quite a bit. Um, I'm sure. As you can imagine, I'm still going very deep on Wednesday and MJ Lenderman. Just I believe that whole, those, whole and then also the Danny Brown and JPEG. Yeah, scaring the hose. JPEG and Danny Brown. I yeah, I uh, like yeah that, that record. I, I definitely enjoyed quite a bit. Um, obviously, like big fan of both those guys. Uh, the production on that just really, really impressed me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I pretty much enjoy everything that they're doing. It's kind of a, a match made in heaven as far as that. Like the, the sensibility of those two guys, I feel like it just worked really well. And I, I love that they actually, you know, ended up doing something together that wasn't more, just like a, a one off or like the usual, you know, collaboration, you know, kind of thing that you would expect where it's just, you know, like kind of uh, one thing, like, you know, kind of teasing what never was or just, uh, you know, kind of a forced, you know, sort of weekend long kind of, you know, just whatever. But like, yeah, it, uh, yeah I think it congealed really nicely. Um, and then, yeah, I think uh hasn't been too much outside of uh, just the usual sort of things and then just things that have been kind of coming out. Um, yeah, I it's probably pretty much the extent of it. What about you? Um, I mean, so I'm excited to say not just straight up the usuals, definitely still the usuals. And I got a of couple course. of recommendations I do want to throw in the mix. I have a new pick for Lou Reed Masterpiece album hey. for the solo career. New York. New York is the one. I'm telling you, that's at least that's like exactly what I look for out of Lou Reed. It's like every song's like a little short story. I think they've all got like a really nice kind of like 
I don't know the the vibe of each song flows into each other like it's just really like uh, God I'm doing a horrible job again of explaining this but like you know it's just it's what I'm looking it's it's kind of softer Lou Reed and it's sort of just like him like I mean it's always sort of spoken word with him but like it's him I think at his best lyrically really good stories uh, besides that uh, been going and there's a new Mo Troper single that I've been loving. I don't know if you've heard. That oh, actually, have heard that. That is good. Yeah, I think it's one of his best ever. Ripping that. I've been getting into Madeline has this playlist called Knee High by Fourth of July. That's a bunch of old country, and I've been going deep on that. A little bit of Johnny Paycheck. A little bit of uh, finally getting into some George Jones, and then what else? I think I had one more big one. I was kind of really bumping on lately. You know, if it comes to me, it'll come to me here, but. You Actually, I um before I get back, I just want to real quick though, because I do feel like have we talked about the Wednesday record, Rat Saw God? No, no. So I was gonna say this uh, is definitely just one of those records that I pretty much just recommend to everybody. Like it's, it's just point, it, it's at this point, it's just at. like what, my, like my second favorite album of the year for sure. I I am Dylan. Just, you heard Rat Saw yeah, God? Yeah, you, you should listen to Wednesday. Yeah, it it really it's just a. Really great indie rock, uh, kind of all country shoegazy kind of record. Uh, they would describe it as grungy sounding. It's it's yeah, got a lot of range. Um, what was that? Sorry, I said yeah. I think I, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, just uh, really very well done across the board. And uh, I <laughs> was just gonna say too that like uh, it's been fun just going back to with the MJ Letterman stuff, Danny, because I realized that like there are like I, I really appreciate how and self referential and just like usually reworked a lot of stuff is and like there are songs from uh, which I, I do think Boat Songs is for sure the strongest thing that he's put out solo wise yeah. and like but there there are songs honestly on that record that like are also on his like knock and EP that I think are a little bit more interesting and kind of raw in that form. I haven't heard that. any of that like, stuff. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say like, not that again, it's just like, Oh, both songs isn't necessarily the one like that record fucking rips. And I, I it, it was one of those that like, I do feel like I, even though I enjoyed it when I heard it last year, what, several months after it came out, I still kind of slept on it. And it's just one of my favorite records. So after like, it gets better mm-hmm. every time that I hear it, but yeah. you should go back and hear some of that early MJ Letterman stuff because like the, Specifically, the EPs that he did solo and then the EPs with Wednesday are really, really strong. And, like, some of those, yeah, early versions of the stuff on both songs are pretty exciting, too. I, feel I think like you would enjoy them. If you're, like, if you're someone who likes, like, slacker rock, I feel like he's, like, the lead guy right now of that sort of, like, yeah. mowing the lawn, drinking a beer, rock. Totally. Like, yeah, anything that's, it's like... It's called boat songs. Like, stripped down, off-kilter, lackadaisical, like, yeah, slacker, what Yeah, like, it just, it, it kind of uh, unabashedly... Like operates in that lane, and Lo- it, it it is I think just like well, it's just more realized and kind of exciting and interesting, and like it's got more personality than like anything else that's even yeah. close to that orbit right yeah. now. Would that be like a cousin to Yacht Rock? Hmm. Or is that no, uh, like <laughs> I feel like <laughs> both songs Yacht Rock. It should be, but uh, it like, should do a Yacht Rock should, cover. I would love it. That's some like fucking Jeff Rosenstock shit. But it did uh, the, like the, the title that made me remember the artist, the other artist who I've been trying to get into. I'm just at the beginning of this, so maybe this will expand. Maybe by the next episode, I'll have more feedback on this, or maybe it'll be a dead road. But I'm trying to get into Jimmy Buffett more, like and like mm. taking him seriously. And I feel like Jimmy Buffett, I grew up always thinking was like sort of like a joke, like. Uh, Margaritaville, Cheeseburger in Paradise, but like I know Bob Dylan really loves him as a songwriter, and so like I gotta have some like gotta go into it with some form of respect here, and like mm-hmm. I don't know, he just so, seems like another like MJ Lenderman kind of like goofy like smart songwriter who like chooses to kind of do like low stakes stuff sometimes for yeah, fun. Yeah, it's and, interesting that you bring him up because I have so much not necessarily disdain for Jimmy, but like certain Jimmy Buffett songs certainly not necessarily him on the whole, but like 
I do think that like there are probably far more parallels between him and MJ Letterman that I like to acknowledge. I just think of like these album covers. I think of Letterman's songwriting is more just like slightly subversive and kind of like dark, but like also hilarious and like just like with more like just not that again, both stuff isn't just the stuff that I'm familiar with that I've heard. Right. I think there's just more dimension to it, but that's also again coming from the perspective of like having gone deep with Letterman and having like barely skirted the surface of Buffett and just having those songs been in my life for as long as I can remember. So I'm just gonna say remotely fair. Hangover game could be a Jimmy Buffett song. <laughs> <laughs> totally, I yeah. I would not put him past him, like put past Buffett to be like write something like that. A little that bit in that, like, yeah, a little funny. Yeah. A little, there's some but drinking involved. To what you're asking, yeah. Quinn, I do think like there might be like a similar through line as far as like the urgency of the music between like Slacker Rock and Yacht Rock, but like uh, Slacker Rock generally, it's like just kind of more stripped down and kind of raw and like you know sort of uh, unpolished intentionally and un- unpolished un- un- lazy. intentionally un- lazy and like, unvarnished and unadorned and sort of like tossed off in a way that is you know it's just got like a kind of personality and Yacht Rock is definitely just more polished and like much more like stressed to kind of cultivate a specific sort of vibe gotcha. it's just like right. lusher and right. more palatable and cool watches and leisure suits yeah. and, like, more, more Bateman uh, less I don't know. Yeah, a little, like, Mi- a little Miami Vice too kind of energy. I feel like <laughs> you know Miami Vice yeah. energy. Yeah. Last All right, dates. and then um, Quinn, you've been jamming on yeah, anything particularly been jamming on as a light bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just last week, honestly, I was um, revisiting an album uh, in color by Jamie XX. Oh, oh, hell I yeah. feel like that's come up a bunch on their show. Like weird. Like Nick, I feel like has brought it up before. That, oh, really? Nick is the biggest opponent of that record of anybody that I know. Like that. Yeah, was a pretty enormous record. I'm sure, as you can remember, like yeah. from that year, oh, like yeah. definitely just unmistake, uh, inescapable. If you like read music blogs, uh, that was ten years ago, now, wasn't it? Twenty fifteen. That was twenty fifteen. Tw- oh, 2015, really? Yeah. Um, and Jamie X hasn't followed that record up. He's put out yeah, a couple of single sense and singles, like yeah. he'll play like festival gigs from time to time, but like. And, like, he's put out music with the XX, but he hasn't really released anything like on that level solo since. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like that record quite a bit. It definitely like broadened my view like just my overall kind of interest and understanding of a lot of different strains of uh, uk electronic music and uh, uh i i love i like it quite a bit it's it's something that i does like i don't listen to it all the time but it does sound better every time that i hear it and like yeah nick and i were like enormous on the record when it came mm-hmm. out but you said you, you've been getting more into that like, were you definitely yeah. you, you were into that that year right i mean i know that we like we had talked about that there were there were a handful of songs that definitely clicked with me but um i feel like i be, remember being in like california with you and bumping that yeah that would have been like a few months after it came out it was definitely still heavy rotation but there's a, there's definitely some stuff on there that i I was not able to appreciate, you know, at the time being in high school, you know, which is a common theme, I think, for me going forward as far as my musical taste goes. Well, it's but. something that it's, it's cool that you, like, again, I'm not just saying because of me, just in general, that, like, you, again, have that sort of, th- like, you just have memories of, like, being exposed to certain things, like, just through That's friends takes, or, yeah. like, family or whoever else, then just, like, coming around to it later being like, oh, yeah, yeah. like, I just remember, yeah. like... You know, taking that for whatever it was and having those members associated with it and having, you know, something like that click. Because I do feel like that I have that kind of thing all the time where, mm-hmm. like, there are certain records where I know when I started listening to it and I remember, you know, this, that, or whatever about it. But, like, it didn't necessarily click for me until kind of later on. Mm-hmm. And it just being like, yeah. oh, when it did, it really fucking hit. And, it was you know. it was the most random, like, occurrence to me. I literally remembered the song Gosh. And I thought, like, wow, it's been forever since I've heard that song. So I just I put it on while I was in the car. And I listen, it's like five minutes. But, like, I listened to the mm-hmm. entire thing. And it, I just, it was like I was hearing it for the first time. It was so so good. Yeah, yeah. I just I was loving it. Yeah, oh, I love so it. I would That's just did the rounds. What do you think? Do you think I'm always so interested in? That's such a fun thing to me. The way taste changes, like the way you can not like something and then later like it. Can you do you have any memory of like 
or any idea as to what it is about it now that you appreciate that you didn't then like what feels specifically new to you about it or and was that yeah. gosh or were there certain songs you could pinpoint on in color where it was like that way because you, you kind of sound like there were songs on it that you liked but maybe the whole thing on the whole like it, you didn't really kind of click or i mean like, like specifically can you point point anything yeah i think songs like like things called like good good time good times oh, yeah. with like yeah, with with yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that was i, I love that when that's I a candy that bar that, that was yeah, that was, yeah, oh, yeah, that was, that was i remember that being, sugar, I remember that being one of my least favorite songs on there when it came out and then like gradually as the year that's such a dylan take it is it is the most it is the most dylan take imaginable this record's so good but i don't know about this one yeah but as the year gone went on i became increasingly more of a fan of young thug and by the end of the year i was just like this is like one That's of the best the songs one. on yeah. the record, like yeah. for sure. But no, I, I do remember that for myself as well. Because mm-hmm. just Young Thug in general, it took a little while for him to click for me. But then, like eventually, it was just like, oh, this is just so inventive, I can't deny it. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Right on. Um, you should uh, like. I was gonna say because with Jamie XX, it's just like man, it, it really is so scattered. Like I think everything that he's done, I have enjoyed, and like there, are, it's more. I honestly feel like more just like remixes and random stuff on SoundCloud than there are like proper releases, but. He also did a remix album of uh, Gil Scott Heron's "I'm Here," which uh, like retitled "We're Here." That was like 2011, right? That's 2011, where Take yeah, Care yeah. came from. Yeah, that's also a really strong record. I mm-hmm. definitely would recommend checking that one out. But, and I mean, I like I, I like the XX as well. I think all that stuff is at least pretty good. But uh, yeah, I, I Jamie XX is definitely one of those artists that I really really want to follow up from. That yeah, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. Whatever he does, I'm I'm absolutely here for it for sure. And um, also uh, very much somebody that I. Uh, you know, more so, like I don't know because it's like with a lot of artists like that, it's just like oh I, I'm I want like to hear what their next record sounds like, and it's all about like what the next you know what the next actual album is going to be and everything. And like with Jamie XX, he is somebody that like I there's part of me that would almost rather just see him live than get another album. Like I think if I got the experience mixes. to see him, what was that? Like live like new live mixes. You're saying then or no, like, like, even just like playing live. his own like, stuff. Literally like play, play a DJ. Like he's somebody that like I think if I got the chance to like actually see him perform live, like that would be as satisfying if not more so than hearing another record. Like mm-hmm. he's just my like perception of his music. My relationship with his music is such that like I think like that almost is something where. I feel like I'd be kind of content with that in a way where it's like, okay, like I want another record from him, but like it doesn't really seem to be again where his uh, focus really is, and it's, I, I really just I think he's an incredible DJ, and I really just want to experience that live at some point. Yeah, and I like I that's not really what my relationship with artists has really been like historically, and it's weird to think about there being any artists that I kind of feel that way about, and because again, it's like even electronic like DJs that I like, it's like oh, I consider them by and large album artists, you know, in a very general sense. There are plenty of DJs that I like that haven't put out albums but like more like my favorites I do kind of think about still in that way so Jamie X is kind of an anomaly in that way and um, you know an act that uh, I never necessarily would have considered again as sort of uh, musty kind of live act or like a, a live act kind of in that way where it's like oh yeah I would definitely want to just see them in that sort of context over rec- like records again I mean I don't think there's yeah really it's hard to think of again uh, any sort of examples of that sort of thing and uh, the last act that I saw uh, live the Mountain Goats are no kind of exception to that sort of thing like very much uh, a band that I think have been fun to just watch evolve kind of on record and I've been a fan of them for necessarily that long but like they're definitely a band that have evolved pretty dramatically from the beginning of John Darnielle's days in the uh, early to mid nineties. You're, doing. you're uh, taking us into concert corner, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, heading us straight in the concert corner you're from Jamie XX. Yeah, it was it was really sloppy, but we got there. Yeah, I see what so, you're doing. Yeah, this is now concert corner with the guys. This is welcome so, to fucking concert corner. From the early nine, early mid nineties with Darnielle recording solo on acoustic guitar straight into a boombox, uh, to the full band ornate arrangements of records like Knives Out and. Uh, 
uh, I forgot what the last one, a dragon something. Uh, he's had like several within the last dragon couple of years. Dragon Warm Mountain, I love you. Yes, Dragon New Morton, I love you. It's very close to what other band was doing, but just different enough that the, the hype didn't come out swinging. But uh, it's been uh, a, a pretty <laughs> remarkable kind of journey for him on record. And I uh, have never, I haven't really seen a ton of footage of the Mongols performing live. I didn't necessarily have a great, expe- like, strong expectations outside of it. I knew it was going to be kind of a full band affair and they'd be playing, obviously, more of the newer stuff like you'd expect from any sort of group. But uh, it was a really strong set. It was cool to see uh, how sort of inter like because there are certain records of his later on that like don't have guitars on them some that are all just like keys and pianos and drums some stuff that again like he released a record that was another kind of throwback stripped down kind of a lo-fi just acoustic guitar thing within the handful last handful of years so throughout the set there was a lot of just like instrument swapping and kind of just like again going through different eras of their work there was a period towards the middle of the show where the rest of the band left and John Daniel just played solo, a couple of songs, mm. and they came back and played some more stuff. So there was, it was a nice, really nice mix of things. It sounded really tight. Uh, it was just a really good set overall. They're definitely like one of those bands that I do think, honestly, um, it's hard to. Uh, there aren't like a ton of records of theirs that I feel like I could just kind of recommend sort of across the board. I mean, maybe some like later stuff, definitely not the really kind of raw, true lo fi, like slacker rocks, leaning sonically kind of sounding stuff earlier on, but like live i think that they're a band that a lot of people would enjoy seeing and like very much like have like a pretty remarkable immediacy despite how incredibly specific and kind of personal and you know whatever else kind of darn brings to the table that might seemingly lend, you know remove itself from that kind of thing um really really good strong show i mean you are not really a big mongo guy i think you mentioned earlier that like you they're like you just you just haven't like listened to i've never listened work. to them like, i imagine i imagine i'm not gonna like them i don't know why Having literally never heard a bit of it, but just, just the, the way the, they've been the, contextualized, <laughs> I just feel like it's going to remind me of like the Decemberists or something. Yeah, I was going like, to say, I think that like the the forceful kind of like studious like narration. Of yeah, it's just going to be something that might like rub me the wrong way. Totally, I, I could yeah. see that. I could see that definitely being or, like, kind of me a finding Death Cab for Cutie now kind of vibe or something. Like if I didn't know them in high school, I think like, well, some, like this this might not like I wear glasses and I'm literate. Well, the thing is, Darnell is just so much more interesting than Ben Gibbard. I think with Ben Gibbard, there is something about it where it feels very kind of like like very i don't know like elementary textbook kind of uh like confessional and darneal inhibits a lot of different character like there, there's a lot going on with the music like i'm not trying to be dismiss- completely dismissive giver but like i, I don't know like i, I think yeah we, coming to death camp now is maybe a little bit different than like darneal might just be like kind of too exalted i feel like it's maybe coming to somebody like destroyer and the music's not necessarily quite as dynamic and it might Ooh. be just kind of hard to like you know, kind of penetrate that. Yeah. But I think there are things about it that you'd enjoy, but on the whole, it might be kind of a tough sell. But, you know, I'm curious. I mean, yeah. Quinn, have you listened to any Mount Goats records? It's really funny. A friend of mine recommended them to me recently, actually. Hmm. So they've they've been on my, like, library. I'm definitely definitely waiting to get into them, for sure. Right on. Yeah, I, uh, there's a couple of different records that I would definitely recommend. I mean, I think um, All Hell West Texas is kind of the masterwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunset Tree is pretty good. Uh, I mean, they've got, like like almost 20 maybe even 20 now records i mean it's just been there, there's a lot to kind of go through but like depending on again like what sort of uh, presentation of them you prefer like there's kind of a lot there either way like they yeah it's def- definitely just kind of had a fun evolution and uh not necessarily a band that i would like consider fun by it the imagination but it was a fun show and i would definitely like see them live again at some point mm-hmm. what did you see them at i saw them at the majestic this oh, was okay. uh like a couple weeks ago maybe a month something Love like that the majestic 
uh, yeah, it's not a, not a venue that I'm necessarily uh, crazy about, but I do. I've seen some great shows there, and I I love. Uh, I think the booking on the whole has been very strong throughout the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like like many of my favorites, pretty much seem to come through the majestic like world always always theater these days. Yes, always. I feel like was that's there. the place I've ended up the most lately in the last year to see like shows. Is just yeah, mm-hmm. I would say like I, we've talked about this on the show before. Actually, like I do think like on the whole, it does like in my opinion. Royal Music Theater seems like it books the closest to my sort of tastes, and like the Majestic has been creeping up there. Elk Club is kind of two or three, but like I go to they've fallen. I feel like they've fallen, but I I seem to just go to Elk Club the most because shows are cheap. Yeah, it's just like okay, like you know, I'm I'm more down to go to see whoever else than with Royal Oak or Majestic. It's more of like a either I'm into it or I'm not kind of thing where I'm not quite as like. Plus the tacos. The, that's right. The fucking yeah. tacos. On fucking no, deniable. We need an El Rey report soon on the show. Just like a report on like, is El Rey back? Yeah, I think. Um, no, for now, right? It's, for, for right now is a no. I, I think, honestly, when we do Concert Corner, if there's ever. Because the last time I went to a show at El Club was for AB Terror. Mm. Uh, like mm-hmm. a month or so ago. A month and a half or whatever the fuck. And uh, I think um, like pretty much every time that I'm reporting in for Concert Corner from. You know, just with a report from some show at L Club, we're gonna have to like tack on some uh, L report. Yeah, like, what's see, the see word? What the Where, where's the building there. status at? Yeah, I think that's uh, a necessity. So, um, yeah, I um, there are a lot of uh, shows that I've seen certainly this year and really throughout the last several years, whether it's at Royal Oak Music Theater, The Majestic, L Club, what have you, that you know might be things that are seemingly like undeniably Dylancore on the surface but i think have like a pretty remarkable kind of universal appeal that like extends well beyond what this stuff might kind of look like on paper or whatever mm-hmm. and uh the mountain goats certain that fit that bill to a lesser extent it's not like incredibly impenetrable on record but like not again incredibly immediate um as far as like being on like kind of wild ends of the spectrum both as far as like fairly impenetrable and then like gradually pretty remarkably immediate despite having pretty like avant-garde leadings across the board um there are, is a musician named eve tumer who i or eve tumor rather that i've caught several times live and have been a fan of for several years and now, i see what you're doing now i see today. what you're doing now you and, kill me and uh you know there's there's a lot of great things to talk about here and we don't need to just jump into the live shows yet especially since neither of you have seen them live but uh, I have to say that is also an experience that, like, not unlike the Mountain Gods, pretty much just, like, it doesn't matter what your mileage looks like on record, you really need to experience this stuff live because it really is just, again, m- to a greater extent than the Mountain Gods, a similar thing there as far as it, like, transcending really what you might, you know, kind of perceive as the stuff. I haven't heard it or reading about what it looks like on paper, but, yeah, the live experience is just another beast entirely, really kind of a best-case scenario for any sort of an artist where it, just, it really just feels like a completely separate talking piece and not something just kind of tacked on to the record experience on the whole and... Um, honestly, for we're talking today about the the fifth Eve Two More record, uh, Hot Between Worlds. Uh, praise the Lord, not again, not going. They don't do with the. I think it's Praise the Lord who choose, but which that's not consume or sim- quote, simply Hot Between Worlds is the full title. I believe. Nailed it. You nailed it. Thank you. Word for word. Um, so uh, yeah, this this is a record. I'm just gonna say out of the gates. I'm not super crazy about. I like it definitely left me considerably colder than uh, pretty much everything else that they put out. Um, and I will be seeing them live in uh three days and i expect it to be 
one of the best shows, maybe the best show I'll see this year, and I saw Bruce Springsteen this year. So uh, let's let let and I saw Bruce Springsteen this year. Let's proceed. No, I mean, look, I, Springsteen was an incredible experience, but yeah, Eve Two More is definitely one of the most exciting contemporary live acts. I, I say contemporary as far as just like continuously putting out rec- like Bruce Springsteen is putting out records for sure. I think he's at a slower clip now, but he's still putting stuff out. Yeah. So I'd, I'd still consider him a contemporary recording artist, and like again, still one I, of like. I think there's been like three records in the last five years, so it's still like if you okay. Go, so you know, you're right. It, it, record, it, it like, is a little bit quick. Yeah, no, it's a faster clip than I've, I'm giving him. Just, we're, we're getting these ideas of like, oh, he's from a different era, so he's not a contemporary live he's live act. Not, but like, yeah, he's he's like not he's he's, not, not, a, he's of a different recording generation, absolutely. But like the idea of like again generate like live generation, like it just seems like it's such a weird because it's like oh you're they're you know the sensibilities are different, the experiences are different, but like as far as like we're perspectives of writing and any kind of thing that goes into the idea of recording music, but it feels like a weird thing to like separate like oh this the greatest of contemporary acts that are touring live versus like the legacy acts that are touring live it's like yeah. don't need to necessarily compare or like compartmentalize kind of in that way but i do think that eve to more live set is really pretty incredible and something that you know really is going to you know transcend however the music sounds on record so uh were you gonna say something dan i, I did want to just oh go ahead just, well no. the only thing i would literally just off what you were just saying was that was the first time i feel like i really heard about them was when we saw I didn't see them, but you saw them at Pitchfork. 2021. 2021, so two yep. years ago. And I just remember seeing that Stereogum article the week we returned saying, like, oh, this is, like, one of those, like, career-making shows, which I think you told me you felt like to some degree might be hyperbole, but still just to even see that. You don't – I feel like I can't remember seeing a lot of articles in the last, like, five to ten years about any artist having a live show that is, quote-unquote, like, career-making in any way. Like, that's – like, it's usually always about, like, albums now or videos or, like – yeah singles i just feel like you don't hear about like wow that was i mean like you'll maybe like a glastonbury or like a coachella but that's obviously for like an artist who's already on a giant scale so to hear for like a new independent kind of artist i guess also then if i can return the question to y'all when did you all first become familiar with this artist right yeah i, was, I that's what i was definitely curious about because I, I i feel like we had i could have sworn talked a little you, you, you knew that i was a fan i knew you were a fan going into it i just didn't i i knew nothing about them outside the name that was the first okay. time i had heard any like context or anything gotcha okay i mean where do you how does this go for you quinn i mean do you, do you have a sense of that yeah um i mean definitely big fan from your rec- from your recommendation probably two years ago no can't have been actually too long ago, i cause. think i can pinpoint when i actually and I, now that i'm thinking about it i have one memory of when i may have if i did end up specifically turning you on to eve tumor i think i might know when it was i remember was, my, i remember my first was it in the car with you it was in the car yeah. okay I remember, was, was hunter too. there hunter was there yeah, yeah. Right. I, know, to, I know exactly when this was is heaven to a tortured mind the first album that you no. knew oh so you are you've been in the mix for a minute here yeah i'm not like a super early fan but uh you're in the scene no <laughs> no, I wasn't a fan of Eve Tumor when uh, they were recording as teams. I wouldn't say that I was in the, the team scene. Okay. The show wave. Uh, Heard, understood. Recording project era of their uh, work. But um, was it, uh, yeah, we were, I don't know, driving back from, uh, I don't know if it was church or someplace. It was kind of. Uh, I thought it was a family. Was it was a family, family gathering? gathering. Was yeah. it? Okay. It was something like that. But it was having to a torch of my day. It was 2020. It was okay. driving you and Hunter around. It was shortly yeah. after that record came out. And uh, you guys just immediately got into it. I remember that very distinctly. It was like Dream Palette or something. It was uh, Asteroid Blues. Was it Asteroid yeah. Blues? Okay, yeah, that's cool. right. Right Heaven to a Tortured Mind was definitely my introduction. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you so safe that. in the hands of love? Actually, Serpent Ma'am, Music was Serpent the first music one music I heard. Music. 2016. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was the first one. That, and I, I liked it at the time. I wasn't really huge on it. I thought it was an interesting record, but it wasn't something that really kind of stuck with me. I just, you know, it was like, oh, this is interesting, whatever. And then Safe in the Hands of Love came out in 2018, and that's the one that really, like, legitimately blew my mind. Like, that, that I do think, honestly, is... I think it's one of the 
best pop albums of the 21st century. Like I would say that like that you can't really have that conversation without bringing up Safe and Hands of Love wholeheartedly. That mm-hmm. is like just it it just does so much across like 10 songs. Like it really like sonically, emotionally, just like production wise, structurally, like it really like I, I think it's really imp- like we talk a lot on this show to a pretty exhausting degree about like genre agnostic music. And I think like a lot of the conversation the last handful of years is like at least like the most exciting stuff kind of in that realm has just been what Eve Tumor has been doing kind of just like moving from like serpent music and their first record uh, One Man Fails You where uh, very kind of lo-fi murky kind of just dense like sound collage records basically so like, more noise more yeah drew from of, like noise and ambient yeah. music and like field mm-hmm. recording techniques like there were vocals but like a lot everything was kind of just hushed and like just like really just yeah like a it, it, it was not like fully formed and kind of popped in that way like just like a lot of really kind of interesting ideas that weren't like completely fully realized but there was a really interesting thing going on and I mean I think certain music is a pretty strong record like as like kind of just like sparse and again I wouldn't say that it's necessarily incomplete or unrealized but like it definitely like was uh, a lot more unassuming than the stuff that followed but, like again pretty dramatically so like with mm-hmm. Safe in the Hands of Love in 2018 that's when they pretty like things shifted pretty dramatically. That's when, like, they kind of became a band leader in that way and, like, actually, like, were singing over the top of all the instrumentals. And that record isn't a full band one still. I mean, that they're still, like, singing over a lot of just, like, loops that, and stuff that they've arranged themselves. Like, that's basically, like, I would say, like, the kind of culmination of the sample-based sort of era of theirs where it was it's sort of kind of that perfect middle point between the records that came later but also drew on a lot of, like, the kind of sonic construction of early records. But it's drawing from now like alt rock and r&b and like noise and like club music and still ambient and all kinds of other shit and like writing songs that like are really kind of masterful and well realized and have like just really great hooks and bridges and you know a lot of just dimension to them but they're still very unconventional and chaotic and you know i feel like they can kind of unravel at any moment and then uh 2020 they followed that up with uh having to approach your mind and that's where you jump in when that's mm-hmm. that's when they made the full fledged kind of leap into like what's been kind of touted as like the the kind of psychedelic glam rock sort of pivot and that's like when they became like far more immediate and that's i i never end up catching them live on safe and hands of love which i really wish that i got a chance to because i think that would have been a pretty exciting show i mean that's my favorite record of theirs but just to be like see them performing live just solo sean bowie uh, is their name they record as Eve two more but Sean Bowie solo over like a sampler and some drum machines and synths just like wailing around with a microphone like mm-hmm. that would have been cool to see but I've seen them uh twice now it's been my three time third time in a couple of days and uh they uh it's uh been uh post having to torture mind every time and it's been a full band sort of thing four piece uh real but the, I mean it, what uh Danny was speaking to with the Stereogram article about like the kind of uh, career defining moment. Uh, yeah, it, it was with this sort of um, uh, combo here, like performing the stuff from Heaven to a Tortured Mind. And like that's when it seemed like th- I haven't watched really any uh, uh, any of the videos from the earlier era live work. I'm not sure how much they were touring uh, and playing shows before uh, Safe from the Hands of Love. That's like when they signed to Warp and just had a lot more resource at their disposal to construct this music. But uh, with having to torture mind, that's yeah when things really kind of ratcheted up and just like there's a really just kind of remarkable intensity to the music now and like 
Sean Bowie definitely has that kind of aspiring, like true, like a, a rock star aspiration kind of presentation in the truest sense. I mean, it is just like so full throttle committed, like the kind of outfit, the aesthetics, the presentation, like everything about it is just like so completely self-realized. And it uh, is just, it's a pretty like staggering leap over like how the music sounded beforehand. And um, yeah, it's been really kind of cool to see. And then, uh, they followed that record up well with an EP in 2021, the Asymptical World, which builds on a lot of the ideas from that record, drawing in from more like goth and shoegaze and dream pop influences, but more or less a lot of the same sort of things. And then we move into the next record, the, the most recent one, Sim- uh, Hot Between Worlds, which came out this year, which I do think is more or less a lot of the same sort of thing. Pitchfork uh, described it as sort of Purple Rain meets uh, Loveliness. And I do think that there are, there's some, uh, a lot of, that's, uh, you know pretty apt in a lot of ways and it definitely has a much fuller lusher guitar sound than uh any of the uh, preceding records but i don't necessarily find it as nearly as interesting on the whole um have you were, were your guys' uh, mileage with uh, the work on the whole though Gwen? have you listened to all the records or have you really just kind of spent time with the latter i mean I've, I've been hyping up safe hands a lot for a while but I, I honestly don't know if you've heard that record. i have yeah yeah, okay, yeah. Right i did on. i definitely did uh go back and listen to that one i haven't listened to serpent music okay all or, that much um but yeah, I definitely I went back and listened to Safe in the Arms of Love. Safe in the Hands of Love. Safe in the Hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, love that one. Definitely, like the differences are pretty pretty apparent. Yeah. And I was to say, I just I can't imagine being a fan of them in those early days, and just to seeing their evolution where they are now is just mm-hmm. that would be quite a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I agree with you. I think Heaven to a Tortured Mind is probably still my favorite, even given this current release. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's what you said was your favorite one. No, Saving the Hands of Love is definitely Saving my favorite. Yeah, that, that, oh, that's okay. still the favorite for me for sure. Very by a pretty considerable degree. But I, I okay. like having to having to a tortured mind is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, my second. What am I saying? Having to a tortured mind is my second favorite release overall. I really yeah. like that one quite a bit. Safe is still the one, and I kind of I over also uh, jumped over um, experiencing the deposit of faith, which is like a singles comp. Uh, that they put out in between uh, certain music and uh, saving the hands and okay. that's also really great that, that's more of like a kind of a straight up ambient record but really really strong uh definitely like that one quite a bit as well but safe is still the one for me though mm-hmm. but uh yeah we're, oh we're, I, I love that one too i love that I, there's uh, but, a lot of yeah great. heaven's your favorite yeah whole. yeah i think like really just from beginning to end like i could just listen to that thing front to back and just like just zone out like i i love all those songs so, honestly yeah what's that what, what is it about that one that really stands out to you is like comparable to like saving the hands or honestly the, the new like, one in that way it's it's just given the extreme just like how many genres are being mixed in, in, in with the, like the sounds and everything it's so hard to even kind of articulate why it's it's stuck with me the way it has mm-hmm. um i guess the most simple way of putting it is just it's simply just not anything i've heard ever i feel like before in my life which is kind of such a hollow point because like i haven't it's not like my my experiences are all that you know uh varied but um yeah something about just the sounds and the i mean as you said like having to torture mind psychedelic you know glam glam pop uh that's just so up my alley honestly Mm -hmm. so i think that one just hit perfectly for me and um really last summer it was last summer when i really took the deep dive down into them and then um they just immediately became an artist that i knew i would i would need to just watch out for anything that they did mm-hmm. which is just such a fun thing when that happens like i i, I just search for that feeling treasure those moments yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah so it's for sure but this has definitely been yeah. last artist that i've really kind of had that has had that effect on me which is you know just beautiful i love it good shit yeah i yeah. um so yeah danny um where have, what have you what have you listened to yourself? The last two albums are where I'm kind of at, and a little bit off of the uh, EP from last year, the Asymptotical World. Okay. Um, and 
I'm just like blown away, yeah, by like like what exactly what you were saying, Quinn, about like how masterful the like genre skipping is. Like just like re- like I I've yet to hear them try a sound that feels like it's like clumsily handled mm-hmm. or something, which is really yeah. impressive. Um, I mean, I feel like it reminds me of like it, it seems like Prince is like the co- like a common reference point. It also For reminds sure. me a little bit of like just like a kind of more out there Steve Lacey a little bit vibes mm-hmm. like vocally kind of I get that sounds for some reason um, yeah I, I do think like heaven to a torch like really everything from heaven to a torch of mine forward has been and like I think I mean we're gonna kind of jump again to just thoughts on the newer one but I, I do think like a lot of the stuff everything from there forward has had that kind of like yeah definitely Prince you could say Steve Lacey as well a really kind of hazy psychedelic kind of soulful glammy yeah. kind of thing going on awesome. like with other shades of just other forms of experimental yeah. music but like that, I think that is like an apt kind of like through line there it's funky cool drums there's a lot of drumming that reminds me of like Phil Selway from Radiohead hmm. which is really cool I think um, hmm. a lot of like cool horn arrangements like uh Gospel like, Century's got some great Yeah, with like, there, like, like sure. bringing like, in that brass band and having them just kind of hit like that one dissonant stabby chord. It's like that's yeah. a bold move to do, like especially first track on the album to be like, I'm going like, to Right, like, just loop that and just, and I mean. And then you yeah. with like a big, just like kind of like ugly chord, but it's cool. Like that's such a, like a bold, badass move to do. Well, that's, I mean, one of the, I think the things that's thrilling about all the music is just those juxtapositions. Like I think mm-hmm. they're a master with dynamics mm-hmm. and un- unsettling, unusual, dyna- like juxtapositions in that way where you'll have like really pretty chords and against weird, ugly, dissonant kind of white noise and like mm-hmm. really just like great funky rhythms and like weird like you know dissonant guitar passages and stuff like they're really just great at kind of just framing unusual sounds and like just weird like things that like again like again as far as like, just genre straight up or just like different types of like timbres and arrangements and stuff like just kind of arranging things in a way that are unexpected yet just work so massively in their hands like you said like I think it feels clumsily handled but yeah. there are a lot of things that are just yeah more unconventional and like it, it's so close to like something like you feel like it, this could be a print song that you've heard before but it would never be kind of you know produced or written in this sort of way like um I do think um so just yeah with the new one um Hot Between Worlds I think they're there's a lot about it that I think is just so easy for me to appreciate. And I mean, again, like for me, I, 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 like I mentioned, I have been a fan since surf music, maybe not necessarily a fan, but somebody that's enjoyed their work since surf music and like definitely been a big fan of their work since uh, Safe in the Hands of Love. And for me as well, one of those artists where it's just like I, I follow their every move. I've written about them all the time. Like they're just like sort of like a, a, you know, uh, it's going to be like appointment listening sort right. of thing. Like they put out a record, it's just like all hands on deck. Like you know, I'm I'm, I'm cl- clocking out time mm. of my day to go and listen yeah. to the Eve Tomorrow record. Like yeah. this is appointment listening to the utmost degree. But, but what I'm um, hearing is that Hot Between Worlds has actually left you cold between albums. Cold between albums. That, that's that, the, <laughs> absolutely right there. There's only so much they can <laughs> seemingly do with uh, like quality control as it seemed on the records to really like get me that cold, but. Uh, you're not wrong, Danny Man. This this one this one has left me a little colder than expected between records. I mean, do you, would you say you, like, okay? The vibe I get <laughs> is that do you, the vibe I get. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Is that you do like the album, but it's sort of like it reminds me maybe of like where I was at with like views or something, where it's like you've been following this path, and every time it's been really exciting where the turn is, and like even if maybe like the last one isn't your favorite, it's been like like watching this growth happen still and like turns and stuff. And this one just like isn't a, doesn't does it not feel like an elevation to you? And so it's just kind of like left it has left you cold. Or yeah, like, no, that, that that's very fair. That's totally but like like, more or less like what I mean. There, go ahead. Is it one of those? Because I've I've been so interested lately in that thing of like, okay, like I'm not trying to make this the conversation, 
but with like mm-hmm. Bob Dylan finding his old stuff or find like the stuff from when he's older, I can see where if you were a fan at the time as it's coming out, it's like this is a weird turn. Like I'm not into this. But then as you listen to it in hindsight, it's like this is just more good Bob Dylan music. And I've always imagined that with Drake, that like even the later stuff that I don't like, if you were to just make a randomized playlist and I, and like show it to a kid who's never heard Drake, there's not that much of a quality jump between like Take Care and maybe like Views, even though I think there is. It's oh, just there like is. because I followed. <laughs> maybe there is, but I also feel like part of it is just I followed this path, and so like I have such a weirdly specific like perspective on it. When you're following an artist in real time, I feel like. There is such like a specific like hype and like waiting for something to come and like what you want it to be and then if it's a letdown it just feels like a real like blow to the gut or something and then like by the time the next one comes around sometimes it can have left you where like you're not even that in anymore like yeah and this is kind of I think an interesting record in that way where it doesn't it it like it's not like a letdown in that way where again I feel like they just completely swung and missed or anything mm-hmm. like that like I, it's not even like a bad record in my mind like it is one of those things where. Yeah, I do think like as time you know moves on, like I, I'm going to probably come around to it much more. You know, once I have some distance from it, like very yeah. much is something like mm-hmm. where what you were speaking to specifically, where with uh, yeah, like I I've been watching them make you know you know left turn after left turn, where it's just yeah. like this record feels so like much the closer. Were high. Yeah, the, the, this record feels just too close to the vein of Heaven to a Torture Mind for my like liking. Like I feel like they just haven't pushed themselves enough, kind of out of that comfort zone and the songs just aren't as kind of striking on the whole. Like there are a lot of like moments that I enjoy and I think it sounds incredible. And like that's the thing is that it just, there's so much to like about this record. Just like the songs just aren't really there for me. Like I feel like they just, there's so little that like really kind of jumps out. It's just like really Eve to more doing Eve to more. And it's like, Oh man, it's just like, it's so well realized, but like, there's just something missing. Like there are just, you know, like uh, there's not like a gospel for a new century or dream palette or even an asteroid blues that like something that like really, just kind of jumps out at me like i i think um the guest vocalist on lovely sewer sounds incredible and mm-hmm. i think like there's mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the second half of uh, heaven surrounds is like a hood or um you know just like there, there are like things throughout that i think are pretty like compelling but like just on the whole it's like yeah no after the last two it's they're, they're just yeah it feels more or less you know more the same more or less just some really. hail to the thief bullshit some, uh, you've seen OK Computer, you've seen Kid A <laughs> slash Amnesiac, and now they're giving you fucking hail to the thief. Yeah, what would this? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is uh, yeah, more Amnesiac. Honestly, it's kind of what it feels like to me. It's just like an Amnesiac with no pyramid song. And I'm okay. just like, oh man. Yeah. What about you, Quindy? Did you? Does this one feel like a drop off for you? Um, honestly, I think I think that experience mirrors mine a little bit. I, I definitely I definitely hear what you're saying for sure. Um, Kind of like a continuation of, of Heaven to a Tortured Mind a little bit, but I, I see where maybe some would say that there's, you know, um, advancements or, you know, developments and as just as far as far as what's going on, like sonically with the in- instrumentation and guitars specifically, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, I don't know, I guess that's that kind of like that weird double edged sword when you really do fall in love with someone's music like that. And like there is that expectation, like, oh, my God, there's like a new album coming. It's yeah. like you, you anticipate like, you know, new sounds or new music, you know, whatever. And then, you know, if it's. It's which is kind of it's so weird. It's like if it's more of the same of what you love, that's I know. A, that almost this is, is the like, exhausting music snap in me where it's just like, well, it's good, but it's not what I want. And I'm just like, yeah. it's hard to like. I actually, I wrote a negative review of it on my blog recently, just because I, like, I I don't really write negative criticism all that much, and like this is an artist that I love, so it's like, oh, this is a perfect excuse to like try to like actually try to write a little bit more critically, and it's mm-hmm. like. You know, this record sounds great. And it's hard to like really kind of nitpick with like again just like the execution of it, but like it just 
It's just not as interesting as the dynamic if you're familiar with his artist work and what they've done in the past. The mysteries of taste. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it is, like, it is yeah. a really, really yeah. weird thing in that way. Like nothing I dislike. I, like really nothing I dislike. I just yeah, think I, when there's when there's that immense buildup of like excitement and that doesn't follow through to the entire listening process. I think it does it. Okay, so here's my thing with if I can use that metaphor. Yeah, again, please if I tell go. The thief. When you mention amnesiac, I feel like even though I wasn't there in real time, I feel like amnesiac still would have been exciting because I'm still in that kid a mind state in that moment of 2000 if it's mm-hmm. coming out and I'm like. Oh, this is sweet, like more of this shit. Yeah. But when you have that yeah. three year wait, it's like, okay, I've already like kind of gotten out of that zone and I've had some new things excite me. Oh, I'm I'm coming back and there's probably something new now from Eve's tumor. Like, let's what's the next chapter? And then for it to be yeah. the same again and you're already kind of like you've sort of stepped out of that phase and you're it's like when you're into like a certain style of clothing or something, and then fuck it, like I, you know what I mean. Like time passes, and you like you want something kind of new. Um, sort, I mean, because for me at least, like the asymptotical world in 2021. You that, were that, hype on that. Well, though. and I, I like that EP a lot. That was my favorite EP of that year, and to me, that felt like the f- closing the door on that chapter, like the mm. end of the having to torture mind era. I was like, okay, right. this is. You know, building on some of the ideas of that, like I mentioned earlier, like there's some like goth rock stuff on here. It's a little bit like kind of noisier than that record, but like there's, it's, you know, kind of building off those ideas. There's a similar thing going on here. It felt like the perfect kind of culmination of that era. And I was like, okay, you know, awesome. Like I, I'm really looking forward to the next thing that they do. I think, you know, mm-hmm. just what I have no idea what it's going to be, but I think it'll be something different. And like, again, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Quinn, it's like, it's not like it's just a complete retread. Like I do think, again, like they're, you know the guitar tones are different like they are doing kind of a a lusher kind of shoegaze rb thing that like is a little bit you know it, it's it's not exactly like okay well how i described heaven which to me is more just like a psychedelic glam in a way like I, there are a- the absolute sonic differences and there is an evolution there but it just it feels a little bit cl- too close to what i'd imagined they would want us to do it just everything you know it was just such an adventurous sort of trajectory where i'm just like man i i feel like they've they've uh just you know kind of it, it it's within a, a broader kind of realm of like really kind of funky soulful dissonant kind of music that like it just yeah i don't know it, it again it's not like the complete sort of thing but it's too close to comfort for me which is like this is not necessarily an artist that i thought would be like comfortable you know just kind of doing it, like something that was kind of this similar to that and mm-hmm. so like you know again from like well back to that like sort of cold between albums conversation it's like eve two more really again they're an artist to me that like I think they're always going to be exciting to see live, at least with my experiences so far. I'm really going to want to try to catch them every time I get the opportunity because I think the live show just really is that exciting. I think these songs will sound much more dynamic and, you know, and just in that context, I'm sure they'll, you know, they'll be presented a little bit differently and et cetera, et cetera. But I uh, also, while I'm not, you know, as excited for the next record, I do think like, again, it, like even if I don't like it, I think that, you know, it, it'll be, again, something that, Again, is absolutely worth hearing. Like, like because they just they are one of those artists that are just so like overwhelmingly intentional about every single detail that like it's just such an interesting kind of experience to listen to their work, regardless of whether you know I, I love it or not. I just I it's part of the reason why again we're having an episode on them. I think that they are just one of the most exciting artists working today, and somebody that like I just have, do feel compelled to follow all their moves, even if you know I'm a little bit colder on this record than the other ones. But mm-hmm. um. What did you think about this record specifically, Danny? Because I mean, you said you had you had really kind of spent your time with uh, this in the last one. Do you feel like you have a favorite? And like, where do you kind of stand on uh, I the think latest? I hate to also be on or if you're track. just like n- not into any of them at all. I mean, no, where, where I, you, I do. Like, I like I like both of them, and like it's it's not music the style of music I've been reaching for. I feel like in the last few years, yeah. but like I definitely appreciate it, and like. Uh, I think if I do have to pick between the two, I hate. I wish I could have a little bit of a contrarian hotter take, but I think I'm also a heaven to a tortured mind fan. Yeah. If I'm comparing those two, the two I know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, 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 
I like it a lot. Like I said, I don't think it's something I'm necessarily going to return to. But like, you like it, the, the newest one a lot. I like the I do like the newest one a lot, and I do mm. like it's. I feel it's sort of like the same way as y'all, but just from like a much more mildly fan perspective of like where yeah. I'm. I'm even curious to see like what the next thing could be. Like it's always fun just when there's an artist who takes risks to see like, regardless if you like them or not, it's just fun. And like I yeah, absolutely. I'm such a lover of that for people so like i just want to say i'm such a lover of <laughs> i love that for you i love that for i them. love that, that for, for my artists <laughs> i love that for them and i'm and i'm gonna yeah. keep following but yeah. but like for real like even like if there's like an artist who i don't like if they're making different moves every time that's still fun to see yeah that's yeah. that i i've like definitely found myself uh coming over to that side of things like 100 just mm-hmm. across the board like with mediums like well beyond music like there are so many like people who's like the, who I've, I've been familiar with for a while now who i might not be a fan of at all but like i want them to obviously take risks and like i i'd love to just hear about it sort of like I, that's what i would want like from, this you know, isn't who i think like, any of us are thinking of but like i'm always curious to see weezer's next move yeah dude like, absolutely because they're just gonna do something off the path like it'll be interesting yeah well, i want, want to know what we'll always next. want yeah, something <laughs> to roll our eyes at like, yeah that'll be yeah just something that i want to experience with the rest of you yeah um uh, yeah I, I was also gonna say i uh you know obviously i, I mentioned this earlier Y'all get a chance to see Eve tomorrow. I've, I've harped uh, on this with both of y'all a handful of times throughout the years, and I really like w- want to try to drag you to a show at some point. I'm sure we'll get a chance to in the next couple of years. Should definitely try to. I mean, it really, you know, mm-hmm. it's definitely. not one to miss if it could be all next time around. Definitely let me know. I'm I, I will again. for sure be harping on it uh, for, to both of y'all. And then, uh, Danny, man, you got to hear Safe in the Hands of Love at some point. Yeah, okay. that really is again okay. one of the defining pop records of the 21st century so far. I'll mm-hmm. do an audio ecstasy book report. Don't sleep. Anybody that's listening to Safe in the Hands of Love the truth wake up okay. um so i think it's time for my other truth you've got five i've got five are okay. we doing on it i feel like i've got five just sounds better i just like the. i, 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 I know you the want the reference i want the I know, reference i know you want the reference I've how about got you five. call it i'm, I'm, not, five I'm not going all the way you can call yeah you call i'm gonna you slip want. it and say on it every yeah, time you say I, it. That's a, i've got five on it on it that's on it. Yeah. perfect all right <clears throat> I'm going to put my list because, I've, you know, I, this is weird to say that, like, we're in, uh, like, early, kind of mid-May now, and this is my second time doing this this year. There are so many things that I haven't talked about, and it's really kind of hard to narrow them down at this point, and there are going to be so many records come years on that have slipped through the cracks, and, you know, I might have to do, a, after I listen back to all these, a, a long, you know, 30-minute hour kind of roundup at the end of our last episode to really just like shout out all the records that haven't been talked about on the show because we only have so much time here and it is what it is. But, uh, to kick off, I've got five on it for today. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, Notorious Dump Legends volume two by Makami and the God Fahim. So two, uh, rappers from, uh, I believe, I don't know if he might be from New York. Makami is definitely from Jersey. Uh, I've been a fan of Makami for years now. Uh, he's a really interesting, uh, just incredibly thoughtful, incredibly technical, colorful kind of MC who's put out many projects. Uh, his 2021 record, Pray for is my favorite of his uh, to date, and he's you know just been putting out stuff pretty regularly since. Uh, Toys Dump Legends Volume 2 is a collaboration, as I mentioned, with the God Fahim. It's a pretty short project, like eight or nine songs, uh, pretty, like, just short, a couple verses in and out, not, you know, really any kind of embellishments or flourishes, a couple skits here and there. Uh, just, you know, great, kind of dusty, soulful production. Uh, really just pretty strong kind of uh, collab- underground collaborative record that, like, just, it's something that, like, uh, you know, I, I um, don't know if it's <laughs> with, uh, uh, you know, like, 
with Bakami, I, I really just kind of always go back to like Prey Radius being like the best place to sort of start with him, and that's still a record that like I recommend to anybody that's into hip hop or just, just doesn't listen to hip hop but is looking for a place to jump in with uh, at any level. But this record is a pretty great, just kind of low stakes, short but sweet sort of thing. Uh, I think Bakami's got a, a quite a few uh, records along these lines that are pretty. Uh, th- uh, you know, easily digestible, kind of in and out. Uh, his writing is very dense and cryptic and, like, draws from a lot of different things, but, like, the music is incredibly smooth and just kind of easy to let, you know, wash over you, and I definitely recommend uh, checking out this record or, you know, something from his because he's really, I think, one of the most exciting rappers working today, honestly. Um, have we talked about Kami Quinn? I know I brought up Kami in the show, yeah, many times at the you know, end of the year, 2021, but... What about Maybe you? a little bit. A little bit? Yeah, uh, I've definitely should, heard of him, yeah. You should hear Pray for Haiti at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good record. Uh, my fa- yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I good record. I think it is one of the best hip hop records of the twenties so far. Like that's like a top five or pretty easily. Uh, next record is "Girl in the Half Pearl" by Live. Uh, this is a record that came out earlier this year. Uh, they hadn't obviously just got around to talking about it yet, but I do like it quite a bit. Uh, this is uh, I think it's their debut. She's a Dallas-based singer-songwriter. Uh, sort of like electronic, like avant-garde electronic R and B. Uh, has some like not quite noise some harsher moments to it but it's really just like pretty eclectic and like atmospheric uh great vocal melodies a great production uh yeah there's just sort of a lot to unpack with it 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 draws from a lot of things that i'm a fan of and like things that are yeah pretty similar things that i've talked about here a lot of just like you know forms of like r&b and soul and like whatever that you know also skirt the line between avant-garde electronica but uh, definitely a, a really exciting full realized project that uh, I think does this really really well and there's also I mean some just like breakbeat and other like more like intense strains of electronic music but it still has a really kind of lush palette overall and it's a really nice balancing act in that way I definitely recommend it it's uh, Girl in Half Pearl are you familiar with that this record idea? you? yeah this is it's, I can't think it came out in January this is uh, kind of a it feels like sort of a slept it was really well received but it feels like kind of a slept down pick overall so definitely uh, someone to check out for sure um Next record, uh, I'm sure if uh, you have heard anything about this record and know my taste at all, this is only a matter of time. Uh, this is called Holy Red Wagon by Bruiser and Bicycle. They're a two-piece like freak folk band from Albany, New York. Uh, I've gotten a lot of Animal Collective comparisons early on in their career. Uh, really just like through the, uh, they're a two-piece, like there's the, the vocal harmonies and like the kind of like wild sprawling music guitar arrangements. Uh, this record, is the second album, it's a little bit more fleshed out. Uh, it's definitely got. It's kind of like a freak folk art rock thing, more or less. Uh, really kind of uh, almost like Animal Collective. No, <laughs> n- not like those guys at all. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's um, definitely like yeah, still very much in that kind of world. But uh, I wouldn't quite say it's math rock by any means. But it's got more of kind of an intense, propulsive sort of feel to a lot of the stuff on here. Uh, still very like the vocal melodies are very evocative of early anko but um i don't think it's like a complete sort of retread anyways if anything it's got more of the jubilant kind of euphoric kind of tone of a lot of that stuff but it's uh a little bit more busy a little bit like yeah i don't know just it it's uh i feel like there's, it has its own sort of sonic identity but it does definitely harkens to not just anko but like a lot of like early odds kind of blog rock uh yeah those the sort of collectives that kind of emerged uh in uh during that sort of period but uh it's an exciting record i definitely think that they're one of the more promising bands that i've heard this year so yeah definitely recommend checking this one out 
next record is this is the one I was listening to earlier, Generational Curse by Ice Cold Bishop. He's a rapper from LA. This is his first project. Um, this is a really brutal record. Uh, it has talks very bluntly about a lot of just like violence and uh, just inner city life, gang kind of uh, strife, all, all kinds of just like really kind of harrowing detail of just growing. I don't know where specifically in LA, but um, I think it might be South Central. Again, I don't know specifically where, but with beyond that generalization. But yeah, um, it's a really thoughtful rapper. Uh, a lot of the sort of the way that will flip between cadences and the kind of general sort of uh, storytelling uh, and structure, everything definitely reminds me a lot of Section 80 and Good Kid, Mad City. Like, I think the, like, Kendrick specifically, like, he he reminds me a lot of, like, the way that those sort of records flow, like, this record specifically, Generational Curse, but, uh, and there are, there are definitely pockets of melody on here, but, like, there aren't, like, this is not stuff that has, like, any kind of obvious crossover appeal. It's, it's, uh, pretty harrowing through and through and i definitely a tough listen but incredibly well realized and well written and uh i think he's uh this is uh definitely my my, my most exciting rapper that i've come across the uh, kind of in recent memory and this record recently dethrones kind of this is my favorite hip-hop record of the year so far Ooh. so yeah this, this, this one to check out for sure highly highly recommend it uh generational curse uh, it's called bishop my the f- n- number one record i'm gonna recommend right now the number one of the, <laughs> the i've got five uh, it's called Me Oh My by Lonnie Holly. Uh, have you heard of, well, first of all, we didn't actually go back to, I mean, you guys aren't in the Bruiser by School or High School Bishop, right? I kind of jumped over those. You're them. familiar with them? Okay. So I, 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 I didn't want to j- just completely jump over that, but okay. So back to uh, Lonnie Holly here. Obviously, you know, High School Bishop and Bruiser by School are definitely, you know, you, got, you guys really should make their own with these guys. Out of, you know, I think that there's probably something there with both. Uh, Lonnie Holly, however, is probably going to be a much harder sell, I would think. Maybe not so much for Danny, although I, I would be curious about this one. So this record, it's called Me Oh My. Oh Me oh My. Uh, Lonnie Holly is actually, like, more of a kind of a, uh, like a, I don't know how you describe it. Like, a, he does, like, a kind of visual arts, like, skull, like basically, like, creating sculptures out of, like, just kind of uh, discard materials and, like, scraps and stuff. And he's been kind of building, kind of working within that medium for decades and has released a couple records under his name. Um, I think he's in his 70s now. Like, has been prim- primarily working in uh, just, like, the visual media of throughout his life. And, uh, yeah, he has a couple records, but... This one is an incredibly striking record. Uh, it's a pretty collaborative work. It's got more mother in a couple songs. Uh, Michael Stipe, Boney Bear, Sharon Van Etten. Um, but Big names. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fairly star-studded, but it is a, a pretty, it's basically like spoken word kind of like poetry over a lot of like music concrete and like other kind of like found sound sort of instrumentation. I mean, there, there's like some like electronic, like soul music and... Uh, a little bit of like R&B and some like ambient and other things, but like for the most part, it's uh pretty like just uh, unconventional and morphous and like pretty sprawling stuff and very intense. Listen, I mean, he talks about a lot of his just upbringing, uh, working like being in this like I think it was a a public like a sort of like like boarding school thing that he, and it's not a boarding school. I'm sorry, it was a I don't even know what the nature of this sort of thing was, but it was a it was a, a school for like basically like a sort of uh delinquents essentially that he was just forced to go and like work basically as a slave on it like throughout his adolescence and 
he like uh um is like recalling a lot of like sort of his memories just being like out in the fields and working and like just being in these like horrid conditions essentially throughout his adolescence up until at some point he was able to escape um and so like he's drawing on a lot of that stuff and just like memories of you know the trauma from that and like the sort of experiences he's had uh sort of you know throughout his life since and uh, it's a very intense record, but uh, I think there's a lot to appreciate about it, and um, it like it just there, there's a lot to unpack with it, and I feel like the the other uh, additional uh, personnel kind of bring their charms to, to it without detracting from the sort of overall spell of it, and yeah, it's it's pretty powerful work, definitely something that completely caught me off guard, and uh, you know, really one of those records that like I I was totally not on my radar whatsoever, but I'd never even heard of this dude, and it came out of nowhere and kind of blew me away, so like. Uh, one that uh, not an easy sell, but it's a, it's a really really powerful work. So I'd be very curious to hear what you boys think about this one. Heard on, I'm I'll, I'm gonna dip in. Yeah, like, like that, that's I'll, the thing is I, I think that always like, interested to hear visual artists doing some stuff in music. Too. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that, yeah this would be just one of those where it's like okay you might not necessarily like really like listen to it but it's one that I think you'll appreciate experiencing mm-hmm. and just seeing what he was doing. And with the it. names I mean, he threw out that are on the record, it's like an interesting combination. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's like it's it's one of those that like they're. Like, it's, like, an obvious, like, kind of all-star ensemble from different walks of, you know, like, indie music or whatever the fuck you want to frame it as. But, like, it's not, like, these aren't pop songs by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, these are really kind of just interesting sort of found sound sort of pieces that have great melodies and great rhythms and really just kind of interesting uh, production texts in service of what is ostensibly spoken word. Like, so just a really unusual sort of pick for me and not something that, like, I listen to a ton of. But, like, this is a a pretty striking one. So definitely recommend it quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, same goes to you, Quinn. Just check this one out. Mm-hmm. Me, oh my. Audi Ecstasy. Audi Holly. Gone forever. You got five on it. I got five on it, baby. Mm-hmm. 